our last segment, it was observed that the household chart of responsibilities was not completely original to Luther. To some extent, he borrows upon the thought world of uh, St. Paul, as well as medieval social theory. And it would seem to appear that this does affect the shape or the structure, even the sequence of the uh, topics and Bible passages that Luther cites here. Uh, that's very true, uh, Chuck. Uh, Luther, as a social theorist, was not original at all. He simply um, accepted the view of the world that was current at his time. And, and that was a, a view that divided human life into three basic, I like to say, situations. Um, actually, uh, walks of life may be a, a better translation of that German word stand, um, although it sounds like our word stand. Uh, there wasn't a, a passive situation. It was an active um, on-the-move uh, walk of life. Uh, and so the medieval world had seen uh, all, of, all of society divided into these three uh, situations, I'll call them. Uh, the situation of the, the household, uh, the situation of the uh, political community, and the situation of the church. Now, I, I think for our use today, if we're going to use this same structure, it's not, it's not a bad observation about the way human life unfolds. But we would need to divide um, the household of Luther's time, where uh, fathers and mothers uh, and children not only lived together, but they worked together. We would have to divide that uh, situation into two parts, the, uh, the family and uh, the economic portion of life. Uh, but the political community, perhaps defined more broadly today uh, with all kinds of social organizations that we participate in, um, that, that remains. And uh, also the church for Christians. Uh, Luther thought these situations applied throughout God's creation, whether people were Christians or not. And we do see that in one way or another, religious life is, is very important. Uh, across human societies as well. You could say that, that, for instance, modern totalitarian dictatorships tried to abolish um, religious institutions, but they simply incorporated religion then into their political institutions uh, in the same way that, um, that economic and family life were, were combined in Luther's society and I suppose in most societies. The, um, the situations of life then impose upon us certain, Luther's word was office. Amt is the German word. And these offices uh, gave specific concrete shape to the life of the person in each situation. For instance, in the family, one might have, I prefer the term responsibility, the responsibility of being father, mother, husband, wife, child, etc. Uh, the responsibilities are really made up, I think, of uh, both the roles that I've just mentioned uh, in terms of these, these uh, formal positions in life as uh, father or mother, uh, husband or wife, um, physician, uh, factory worker, uh, citizen, uh, member of the congregation. 
those roles all have functions that Luther also talked about uh, with this one word that, that I'd like to translate responsibility. As a matter of fact, Chuck, I, I usually misspell it for our students. R-E-S-P-O-N-S-E hyphen ability. It's the ability really to, to, to respond to other human needs. Because Luther's whole concept of uh, situation and responsibility of our walks of lives, uh, uh, life and what we actually do in the walks of life, uh, all that is based upon a picture that does not see us as individuals, all equal, all interchangeable and the like. Luther saw human life as, as a God-created tapestry. And so while we are not all equal in many ways, he wouldn't disagree that we should be equal before the law, but he says we have special assignments, special responsibilities um, that interweave our lives with others. And so in our horizontal relationships at least, uh, while sometimes we may be dependent on one another, uh, and sometimes we try to be independent, although that's not the way God made us to be, uh, he really made us to be interdependent on one another. He made us uh, in such a way that our lives are to be integrated with each other so that there's mutual support and help. And that's a situation that Luther described as, as uh, pertaining to all human beings. All human beings can practice a, what he called civic or civil righteousness. Uh, that's the way all human societies are to be held together. So as we carry out these responsibilities or assignments, as you call them, um, we still don't do it entirely according to our own whims or desires. I assume that these are carried out according to God's commands, in particular the uh, uh, Ten Commandments, but I would also assume that uh, something of a person's uh, character or uh, virtues uh, may shape the way in which we uh, implement those commands within our vocations as well. Very much so. Um, you uh, touch on a number of important points there. Um, Luther saw everyone as having these responsibilities, but some people see them as duties that are imposed upon them, um, orders that they get from their boss or their, their uh, president or, or whatever. Luther saw carrying out our responsibilities as uh, the response to a calling from God. Uh, the technical term in Latin was vocatio, from which we get the word vocation. It's a little bit deceptive for us in English because, because we think of callings or vocations only in the occupational uh, walks of life that we have, uh, whereas Luther saw uh, us called uh, having vocation in, uh, in church, in, um, uh, in the political uh, realm, in our, our wider social communities, um, and in the family as well. We are called to be fathers and mothers, husbands and wives. Um, and, and so Luther arranges the, the household chart, the table of Christian callings, in, in that fashion according to these callings. Uh, first of all, he has the, the church situations, then the political situations, then the family situations, then the economic situations, and then for 
young people in general, for widows and for all in the community at the end. So Luther has his, his um, structure of the, of the walks of life of the Christian callings uh, in place there. But he gives content uh, to what God is calling us to do, as you say, not at all just according to our whim. Well, go be a good pastor. Go be a good parent. Uh, go be a good citizen. No, God gives some specific commands. Um, I think Luther would recognize that there's an interesting balance between very specific commands, such as he samples here, um, uh, for instance, commanding in 1 Timothy 3, uh, from 1 Timothy 3, a bishop is to be above reproach, the husband of one wife, temperate, virtuous, moderate, hospitable, and so forth, or, or to, um, to citizens, let everyone be subject to the governing authority, uh, but then telling the governing authorities they are to to uh, rule as God's handmaid, um, doing his will. So there are the, the commands give specific shape uh, to the callings, to the, to the responsibilities we exercise uh, as God calls us. Um, or we might say it, uh, that, that the virtues that God simply wrote into our lives, hardwired us to perform, those uh, virtues are what give a specific shape, concrete uh, shape, uh, to our vocations. Now, uh, Luther strikes this balance between recognizing that God has given us commands. Uh, Luther knew that, that God wanted us to do specific things, sometimes very specific things, sometimes much more general principles uh, are laid down uh, in scripture for us to do. Uh, at the very same time, however, Luther recognized that in this marvelous way in which God has made us in his own image, he's given us quite a bit of freedom. Freedom to decide not whether we're going to obey his commands or not, but within those commands, how best we carry them out. Uh, you always have the best examples of this. Um, uh, with changing diapers, and what other examples do you use? Well, uh, for example, I suppose it's one thing um, to say that I cherish my wife, and you cherish your wife. How we go about doing it may not look exactly alike. And may not, uh, between you and me within North American culture, to say nothing about between us and people in other cultures and other times. Yeah, very much. Or uh, that I uh, discipline my children is a given. But how do I go about doing that? Do I do it by uh, spanking, time out, removing privileges, or grounding? Well, see what works. Mm -hmm. um, it may be different for different children. Uh, so there's uh, a certain amount of freedom in, as you put it, how we do these things. Mm -hmm. uh, that we do them is a given. But how we do them is going to vary from one person to another. Uh, similarly, uh, that I look after my neighbor is a given. Now, how do I do that? Um, is it by giving money to United Way? Is it by directly helping out uh, at a soup kitchen or taking a meal to my neighbor who is sick? Again, I suspect the variety of ways by which we do these things, how we carry them out, is going to um, be incredibly uh, diverse. And there are many, many different ways. And I suppose that's why, uh, in terms of politics, uh, Christians will sometimes 
vote for different parties or different candidates uh, because they see the role of government in, in uh, structuring God's society uh, in different ways. And so in dealing with issues of um, health care, providing health care mm -hmm. for all people, or uh, dealing with issues of poverty, or dealing with issues of uh, budget in terms of the amount given uh, to the military and social programs, uh, Christians may well disagree on these things. That they need to be done we, is a given, mm -hmm. and we need to work toward. Now, how are they best carried out? Uh, by government programs, by the private sector, by a combination of each. There, we have to use our noggins. Um, uh, we have to be able to uh, research and debate with one another. And in these, there's not going to be a single perfect answer. Now, I think we have to recognize we're dealing with penultimate issues and are looking for um, a better way of doing things. It may not be the best way or the only way, but in this life we are not going to create a utopia uh, or a utopian society. So we have to, in a sense, hold things together until uh, our Lord comes. If one approach doesn't work, you go back to the drawing board and try something different. And one approach may work today and not work in a, in a changed situation. Very right. And in that regard, I think it's also important that we remember that at the church as an institution, as a gathering of Christ's people, also uh, falls into this horizontal uh, set of relationships and uh, that policies and, 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 uh, and programs within the church uh, may come and may go um, and are decided, as you say, with our noggins. With, it bothers me that, that we Americans don't use the word wisdom uh, very much. We don't seem to treasure uh, being wise in the, in the way we once did, but, but Scripture certainly does. Uh, Book of Proverbs is just one example of how high wisdom, how highly wisdom is is prized, and uh, we cultivate wisdom not alone but in community, and so that's why it's necessary to understand Luther's uh, entire vocational structure as one in which we we work together as a part of community. Um, God said in Genesis 2, it's not good for Adam to be alone. And Luther was drawing us again together in community as he set forth the household chart in which commands from God are placed within the structure of God's callings, the, the virtues of human life that God has hardwired into us uh, are placed in the context of God's vocations. That's the the concrete shape of life in the horizontal realm as, as Luther talked about it in the small catechism. A part of what God is doing with us day in and day out as we live the catechetical life. In our final session, we'll talk about the shape, the practice, the blessing of that catechetical life.